are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday, November 5th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at the Draft Network. And today, little crossover with our friends at Locked On Cardinals. Talking about the Cardinals, talking about the Dolphins, this matchup this weekend. And we also have some, mm, let's just call them administrative items to get to. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Speaking of football watching, if you guys have been uh, plugged in this week, you know I've been watching this Tua Tungavailoa commemorative football that our friends over at Nyko Sports are selling. And I, I probably pull this beauty up once a day. It is uh, a limited edition football, full size, fully embossed. Uh, one panel will have an action image of Tua with his collegiate stats. Another panel has the Dolphins helmet, history of the franchise. And yet another panel has a high definition image of Hard Rock Stadium on it. So no matter what your mood is, you can turn the ball, you can get a new look every third day. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful addition to any fan cave Right now, $99, you can order yours in one of two ways. You can call 1-800-345-2868, or you can visit nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And make sure you mention the Locked On Dolphins podcast if you are planning on adding this Tua Velo commemorative football to your fan cave. The Miami Dolphins have endured some injuries in the offensive backfield that is going to dramatically change the way their rushing attack looks in Week 9 against the Arizona Cardinals. We learned earlier this week that the Dolphins will not be featuring Miles Gaskin. He's expected to miss two or three weeks with an MCL sprain. But the practice report and injury report from Wednesday also featured Miami Dolphins running back Matt Breida as a non-participant in practice with a hamstring injury. The good news for the Dolphins is the ground game has literally nowhere to go but up after their effort in Week 8 against the Rams. The Rams were able to create enough chaos. Aaron Donald was able to create enough penetration that it really didn't matter who was in the backfield. The Dolphins will not be tested by a player of the likes of Aaron Donald in Week 9, but the Dolphins will have to get creative in how they split their snaps if Breida, along with Gaskin, are unable to play. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It depends on your perspective. I think the Dolphins do have some opportunities here to shift and pivot and get Patrick Laird more involved in the pass-catching role, which he had some success with last year. Jordan Howard will probably no longer be a healthy scratch. This will be the Jordan Howard redemption arc, an opportunity for him personally to showcase to the Dolphins that he still does have value. I just don't necessarily know whether or not Howard demands early reps. Uh, the, the Dolphins have been very persistent in recent weeks 
to run this kind of gun counter action, and, and it res- requires you to be able to peel back across your momentum as you press the line of scrimmage, which makes me feel like Patrick Laird is a more probable option for the Dolphins, and then whether it's DeAndre Washington, who the team just traded for, or it is Salvin Ahmed getting elevated off the practice squad, or it is uh, potentially even one of the Dolphins' gadget players, such as Malcolm Perry, uh, getting some of those reps as a change-of-pace type option. That feels like the most likely avenue to me. It's not as though we should expect the Dolphins to all of a sudden line up and give Jordan Howard 15 to 20 carries in a football game. I don't think that's going to be the remedy for the Dolphins. Uh, But they will, no matter who is in the backfield, potentially be facing the prospect of getting back a body on the offensive line. Rookie 18th overall pick Austin Jackson returned to practice on Wednesday for the Dolphins. This is a good sign. The Dolphins have been mum on whether or not we will see Jackson other than saying we expect him to return this season. They haven't really given a time frame to it. Well, Jackson was back on the practice school with the rest of the offensive line for Wednesday's practice. That is not a lock nor a guarantee that they will activate him for week nine, but this is the next step in him returning to the field for the Dolphins. And once he is healthy, the Dolphins will then have to take the assessment of the first month of the season with Austin Jackson, the second month of the season with Robert Hunt, and the two-month sample size plus when you extend to previous seasons that they have with Jesse Davis and determine whether or not the combination of Hunt and Jackson, Hunt and Davis, or Jackson and Davis, is how the Dolphins want to tackle their offensive tackle group moving forward. But nevertheless, this is a big get for the Dolphins in order to be able to say Jackson is on the mend and could be back sooner rather than later. We here at the Locked On Network have been big-time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever. And it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter, honey, and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system, beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine, and it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. It is time. We had a great chat with our friends over at Locked On Cardinals. So we're going to flip the switch here. We are going to brace and prepare accordingly for Week 9 against the Cardinals. We're going to open up the conversation with Locked On Cardinals, Bo and Alex. Good dudes, good conversation. 
Hope you guys enjoy this crossover between Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Dolphins. It's Thursday, so that means crossover time. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. It is a crossover edition on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Kyle, I want to get into it right away. Draft day 2020. The Miami Dolphins are on the clock. They draft to a tug of Viola. Your initial thoughts. I mean, being part of the draft network that you are, you've watched tape, hundreds of hours, I'm sure, of tape on tour for the year and a half uh, that he played in college. What mm-hmm. were your thoughts on him after he was drafted? Excited, uh, predominantly because of the marriage of what changes the Dolphins had made to their offensive coaching staff. And the- theoretically, you you watch them, maybe not at the time of the pick, but the way they attacked rebuilding the offensive line. And it's very clear this team had put in place people who had a clear vision and identity of what they wanted the football team to be. And and you look at the next gen stats through the first eight weeks of the season and no offense on a down to down uh, average spaces and uses more of the field pre-snap horizontally than the Miami dolphins do. So it's, it's literally the definition of a spread offense. They are the widest average formation over 30 yards of width from the most outside player on either side of the line of scrimmage. And you think about, what Tua was really good at and replicating some of the concepts from Alabama. And we haven't had a chance to see a lot of that yet because obviously he had his first career start against the Rams and a lot of what the Dolphins did against the Rams. Once they got out into an early lead was kind of just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't do anything dumb and give him the ball back and give a chance to climb back into the game. So, but the, the vision that the Dolphins have clearly had and attacked and how they've built their roster is what made it so exciting to see it all blend together with an RPO spread system quarterback like Tua, who has been so proficient at the pro level or at the, the college level. Kyle, have you figured out or is what, what's the reason for starting him now? I think it's a blend of a number of different things. Of course, the Dolphins fans on Dolphins Twitter did not like the report from Adam Schefter on Sunday morning before his first career start indicating that, yeah, the Dolphins, they, they're kind of looking at this Texan pick and kind of realizing, hey, this might be a top, top five pick. So we kind of need to know, like, completely eliminate the possibility that we may want to consider drafting a quarterback again. That was the report from Adam Schefter. And I think it's like anything else in life where there's 20 different variables that were at play here. And I think for the Dolphins, the ceiling with Tua, even you extend them beyond just the just look at the 10-game sample size of the rest of this year. The ceiling is higher than with Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick, as fun as he was playing, he's still missing some reads and he still makes those kind of wild plays that you could almost classify as rookie mistakes, but the dude's been in the league 16 years. So I, I think the ceiling was higher with Tua. I think the Dolphins did want to evaluate not just Tua, the quarterback for 2021 and beyond, but also evaluate what is our ceiling, how, you know, if we're going to transition this offense into what we want it to look like. We also need to evaluate what pieces we're missing to play around him as well. So I think it was a mix of short-term potential ceiling boost and long-term evaluating Tua and the rest of the offense. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. It's a crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm looking right now at the list of free agent acquisitions that the Dolphins made ahead of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know how they're not bankrupt with how much money they spent. Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones, Emmanuel Ogba, Eric Flowers, etc. Those four guys alone 
maybe sh- should we be as surprised as we are by the output by the Miami Dolphins defense? I mean, take away the Rams game, okay? Because sometimes crazy things just happen just all in a row. And yes, they're playing immensely better than, than they have been over the last couple seasons. And they're the number one ranked scoring defense in the NFL this year so far, I believe. That was just a perfect storm of incredible defensive play with touchdowns included in punt return with special teams. That was a magical game. Aside from that game, are you excited? Are you status quo with how they're playing on the defensive side of the ball with all the acquisitions they made in the offseason? Yeah, and what's really scary if you look at the Dolphins' defense and, and want to get excited about it, maybe not in this week as Cardinals guys, but you know, looking at the prognosis of the Dolphins' defense is uh, they were missing Byron Jones for effectively three full games. And when the Dolphins have had the cornerback pairing of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on the field, uh, they have been clamps. Uh, and, and they were clamps against the Rams until it was 20 minutes left in the football game. And they said, we're going to give you the eight-yard completions underneath. And the Rams go 13 plays for 60 yards and kick a field goal. Like that that was kind of the end of the game there for the Rams. This team identity thrives on the defensive side of the football and the secondary specifically Bobby McCain at free safety has been a revelation. Uh, Eric Rowe had got his hands on five footballs against the Rams and he dropped what would have been a pick six after already logging an interception in the game. They've got a lot of really exciting pieces on the back end of the defense and that allows them to get really exotic in the box. So it's the vision for this team has really meshed really well and having Byron Jones and Xavier Howard is kind of the staple there. Uh, that that gives this team its identity on defense. I'm pretty surprised how smitten Alex is with the Dolphins. I didn't know he had that big a crush on what they're doing down there in Miami. It's just, it's, it's exciting when it's not the Patriots in the AFC East. When you have any, when you have a division that's up for grabs, which the majority of them are, I guess the AFC South is, is I guess there's, it's a two team race there and there's competitive uh, there are competitive di- divisions across the NFL where for the last 18 years, Bo Brock, it wasn't in the AFC East. So seeing what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done and seeing what Tua Tagovailoa may or may not be able to do, especially with how Justin Herbert has come shooting out of the box like he did, like he's done in L.A., even though it hasn't amounted to, to much winning over there, there's seemingly pressure on Tua Im- immediately to perform because if he doesn't, is there a way that there could be a, a, a quicker hook than what was expected drafting him so high in the draft last year? Um, I'll say this as far as the pressure and Tua, because that, that's a really popular point of view in, in South Florida media and, and talk radio down there as well. This is, this is a guy who kind of came in and as a freshman in the national championship game, brought Alabama back from a two-score deficit at halftime. So I'm not necessarily worried about two with pressure. Now, how do the Dolphins choose to handle it? Ryan Fitzpatrick himself referred to this as a forever decision. Fitz is going to be 38 at the end of the year. I don't foresee, especially because the defense is so good, they may just kind of change their style of play. They were very free-wielding with Fitzpatrick. They may be more conservative. Uh, They need to figure out how to get more production out of the running game, and I think Tua's mobility – uh, not necessarily running the ball with the ball in his hands, but almost like what you saw the Baltimore Ravens do when they introduced Lamar Jackson into the starting lineup a couple years ago, and he started like the last six games, and they completely revised their t- 
team approach, I think that's more likely than seeing the Dolphins kind of get flaky or waffly about which quarterback's going to be there uh, taking the snaps for the Dolphins. Before we flip the script here and have you ask questions about the Arizona Cardinals, Kyle Krabs, the draft dudes, of course, locked on Dolphins joins us here on a locked on Thursday, locked on Cardinals, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. What are the expectations from starting week one to starting week two for Tua? Be a lot better than what they were week one. Um, <laughs> he was 12 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Had yeah. the strip sack courtesy of Aaron Donald. Welcome to the NFL. Rook, right? Like everybody got their jokes off. Um, I just think ball security and timeliness of the ball getting out of his hands are going to be the two points of emphasis for the Dolphins because the Dolphins, generally speaking, have been an offense that works within a 10, 15 yard box a lot of the times. Two ahead. A really nice throw down the left sideline to Mike Gusecki that Mike's caught more difficult contested catches than the one that that fell incomplete against the Rams that would have changed his stat line dramatically. And he had a couple drops from Preston Williams, the wide receiver, second year out of Colorado State. Miles Gaskin dropped a third round conversion or, or third down conversion. So there were some plays that his playmakers didn't make for him that if they make those, you know, I'm not so much worried about the box score as I am just continuing to not shoot yourself in the foot because I think the Dolphins with their team identity being on defense skewed that hard the way that it is uh, they're going to be more than than willing and welcome to kind of play some of these chess mass strategy field position uh, kinds of games instead of trying to run up and down the field so if Arizona can have the offensive success that they've had against some of the other teams in the league thus far on their schedule that will not play to, I think what the dolphins would want to see from Tua, uh, which kind of flies in the face against what we've seen from Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow from some of their early starts this season as well. Kyle Krabs locked on dolphins, Alex Clancy, Bob rock locked on Cardinals. We had our shot. Now it's Kyle's turn. Kyle's going to rapid fire us with any questions he has about the Arizona Cardinals. That's next on a crossover Thursday, locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins with yet another reminder that our friends at Nyko Sports have an amazing opportunity for you to add to your personal Dolphins fan cave. Nyko Sports has just 2020 limited edition commemorative Tua Tungavailoa footballs available for sale to help commemorate his rookie season with the Miami Dolphins as he continues to develop into the quarterback that the Dolphins envisioned when they made him the number five overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. This football is beautiful. Action image of Tua on one panel, Hard Rock Stadium on another. All of his college statistics and the Dolphins team history on another panel. So get yourself something sentimental. Treat yourself as the Dolphins treat us to a much better season in 2020 than we had in 2019. And swing over to nikosports.com to order your football for $99 today. That's N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. Mention the Locked On Dolphins podcast, or you can call 1-800-345-2868. Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Cardinals crossover series continuing here on this Thursday on the Locked On Network. We're going to grill my buddies Bo and Alex about the Arizona Cardinals uh, specifically, you guys have made a number of references today about my ties to the Draft Network. 
and one of my favorite prospects to study throughout the course of the 2020 pre-draft process was linebacker Isaiah Simmons, who lands on the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a player who has struggled to get his feet wet. He obviously made a very big play uh, there at the end of the game against the Seattle Seahawks to help them pull out that upset win. Uh, I just wanted to check in because there were a lot of Dolphins fans that were really dialed in on this guy being a potential chess piece defender for the Dolphins as well. Wanted to check in on what you guys' impressions are on why Isaiah Simmons has struggled to this point to make the kind of impression that you would expect when you're drafting a guy in the top 10. I mean, first off, I am under the distinct impression that Steve Kime didn't want to draft Isaiah Simmons. It's a situation where, oh, Isaiah Simmons will probably go to New York and they take Andrew Thomas. Oh, he's not going to get past the Chargers at sixth. I mean, there's no way because they could pair him up with Derwin James and have the defense of the future. And then you know that that uh, the Carolina was going to take Derrick Brown either way. And then he drops to eight and it's, oh no, what do they do? And Isaiah Simmons was drafted to play inside linebacker. He's never played inside linebacker. And he is kind of a jack-of-all-trades was the cliche that I hated hearing everybody say, but that's what everybody said. He's He hasn't obviously found his sea legs. He hasn't found his sea legs yet. And also, pound for pound, it he may have also made the biggest play of the Cardinals season so far in a vacuum. After only playing four snaps before the fifth snap where he intercepted Russell Wilson in overtime. So it's been a disappointment, obviously, there are naysayers immediately saying, what a horrible choice. They should have taken an offensive lineman, which is kind of um, murkied by the fact that the Cardinals have one of the top-rated offensive lines in the NFL so far. So it's still a, a feeling-out period. He has the athleticism, obviously, but he doesn't have a home yet. And we'll see if they're going to use him as a situational pass rusher with Chandler Jones out for the year where it's kind of a makeshift pass rush made up of secondary players and linebackers. Uh, but right now, his grade is an incomplete because for some reason they don't want to put him on the field. Maybe it's they just don't trust him. But sometimes you just have to have trial by fire and see what happens. We just haven't seen it yet. Continuing on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Dolphins, we talked about the uh, their identity in the secondary, but this Cardinal secondary has some studs uh, of their own between Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. Really, really good football players that can kind of turn your game plan upside down. For a Dolphins team that has generally played not very far down the field, they are not very persistent in pushing the ball vertically. How much of an opportunity do you expect Buda Baker to have to derail this Dolphins offense and, and create chaos? Or do you expect him more around the line of scrimmage versus prowling inside that 10-yard area, knowing that the Dolphins are kind of a quick passing game, uh, very short to intermediate passing game? Well, you get a player that can do both for you, Kyle, and that's what Buda Baker has kind of shown this season that he hadn't shown previous to 2020. He was kind of a run stopper before he had back-to-back -back weeks with interceptions that propelled him to the NFC Defensive Player of the Month in October despite missing the game against Carolina. He's a tackling machine. That was his M.O. That's what got him the most lucrative deal that, that any, any NFL safeties ever signed before, right before the 2020 season. So Buda Baker can absolutely play up. He can play back. He can he can be just a, a game plan wrecker and 
which it doesn't matter which way the opposing offense is playing. So Buda Baker, that kind of fits his style as well. He can kind of play that run stopper, quick pass stopper. And when he's not in the lineup, as the Carolina game proved, the Arizona Cardinals defense goes from, you know, above average to pedestrian and below average. So Buda Baker is obviously the, uh, the, this, I guess the spoon that stirs this one. The Arizona Cardinals need him to uh, continue to play at a high level. And then you talk about the rest of that secondary, you know, his this, his safety mate there, Jalen Thompson's returning from injury. We'll see if he can be a contributor like many expected him to be uh, going into the season. And then uh, you look to Patrick Peterson to kind of pick up the slack with Byron Murphy potentially being out in the defensive secondary with COVID this week. Offensively, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, obviously huge. Uh but in watching some Cardinals as of late, another name that I'm seeing pop up is Christian Kirk and, and making plays. What's the the temperature there about Kirk and his viability as being a legitimate secondary option as Larry Fitzgerald continues to play, but slow down a little bit. Um, what do you guys get the sense that the team feels the ceiling is there with, with Christian Kirk and how the Dolphins, you know, obviously having two standout cornerbacks, how much attention they may need to pay to him if they're going to try and lock down DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one with Byron Jones. There's no denying the rapport and camaraderie between Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk when Christian Kirk's healthy. You know, especially around the I, – I always refer to it as like the, the Tom Brady zone. It's first and goal from like the six where the Patriots never used to run the ball. It was always spread it out, and they would score touchdowns more times than not. That's Christian Kirk's wheelhouse along, you know, I mean, he can he can streak down the sideline with the best of them in the NFL. He's got good hands, and if he can stay healthy, they can maybe build some momentum into him being the number two. But ever since his rookie year, he's been hobbled, he's been questionable, he's been doubtful, he's missed games. And now that Kyler has even a better grasp of this offense, and so does Christian Kirk, and with DeAndre Hopkins being on the field – it allows for more one-on-one coverage. It allows for softer zone coverage against him. And we've seen him start to take moves to being a bona fide number two. Now, he'd have to, he'll have to sustain it. But there is no denying that Christian Kirk is a speedster who has hands, who can actually catch the football. And it sounds like a funny thing. But for a long time with J.J. Nelson and Jerron Brown, these guys on the outside with the Cardinals – had perfect balls thrown in the breadbasket, and they just couldn't put both their hands together and catch the ball. There were so many drop passes that would have led to touchdowns. So the fact that Christian Kirk is sure-handed, we saw it on the on the deep bomb uh, on Monday Night Football against Dallas where Kyler overthrew him a little bit, fingertip catch, ran it into the end zone. The sky is the limit for what Christian Kirk can be as a number two. We just have to continue to see consistency with his route running and, and Kyler Murray throwing the ball downfield to him in an accurate manner. Now, my last question is about a player that Dolphins fans know very well, Kenyon Drake. Um, obviously, do- there were some Dolphins fans amid the teardown last year that were upset to see Kenyon Drake go as he was one of the heroes involved in the Miami Miracle win over the New England Patriots. And a lot of Dolphins fans never really felt he got a legit shake as a featured running back in Miami. I wanted to check in. Obviously, he had the big game against Dallas, uh, a couple monster plays in that game, a lot of rushing production. But Arizona brought him back on a very sizable one-year tender. I believe it was in excess of $8 million Kenyon Drake's getting paid this year. So wanted to check in with you guys 
on Kenyon, what the experience has been with him uh, throughout the course of this season specifically. Obviously, he finished super strong at the end of last year and earned this tender, uh, transition tender that the Cardinals have him playing on this year. Uh, But is there a sense that this is a long-term player for the Cardinals, or is this a player that kind of is struggling to rise to the occasion with consistency to what Arizona may have hoped? And it might have to do with the game planning as well as as far as the emphasizing the run early on. Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, the there's a misconception about the air raid offense. He he does like to run the football, absolutely. The Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake have been successful over the last season and a half doing that since Drake came over for that late round draft pick mid season last year. But uh, you know he's been it's it's been a big topic on this on our podcast between Al- Alex doesn't believe that Kenyon Drake can be the bell cow that you need necessary to put away games, to be the guy that can consistently, you know, get, you know, four to five yards per carry late in contest to put away opponents where I disagree. I think Kenyon Drake showed that last year and he he actually helped set a franchise mark in yards per carry. You know, this is a guy that's going to be sidelined and we're going to see how the Arizona Cardinals offense looks without Kenyon Drake after he suffered that high ankle sprain against the Seattle Seahawks in the overtime thriller. You know, what's it going to look like with Chase Edmonds? Can he carry the load? Are they going to have to bring in somebody to kind of supplement the run game? We'll see. If, we'll see about that. But I think Kenyon Drake is a guy for right now. I, I don't think it's a guy that you lock up on a multi-year deal, you know, long-term. It's just he's right in that wheelhouse, you know, 25, 26 years old, where you don't necessarily want to throw a bunch of guaranteed dollars in, in a couple seasons at the running back because their shelf life is so short. But I think for right now, on the $8 million-plus transition tag tender, that he can be the guy that fits Kingsbury's offense enough to where they can really be a problem for other contending teams and and to make a postseason run. So to answer your question, I think he he is the guy. He's got to get healthy, obviously, and we'll see what Chase Edmonds, who some people have been clamoring for to get more snaps anyway, and he can be a big-time player for this team not only running the ball, but also catching the ball out of the backfield. The collective sigh of relief from Dolphins fans to know a Kenyon Drake revenge game is off the table <laughs> for this weekend when the Dolphins visit the Arizona Cardinals. This is has been, I should say, a locked-on crossover between locked-on Cardinals and locked-on Dolphins. This clash in Week 9 should be filled with a strength-on-strength between the Dolphins' defense and the Cardinals' offense. Very compelling matchup. We hope you all enjoy it. And uh, regardless of your rooting interests, we hope you guys enjoy the game. Thanks for listening.